the coming of the Lord. James 5 and verse 7, I want to thank Brother Joe for our song leading. I want to thank Tim for our audio work. I want to thank Brother Tim for reading that long scripture this morning. And uh, we want to thank Brother Freeman for the prayer and you for being here. Calvin, thank you for all your comments this morning in class. Why this lesson this morning? All right, the coming of the Lord. Jesus has been here and he's coming back. We need to be prepared. Everybody's concerned about when he's coming back, right? And that's, that's fine. But the object is and the objective is that we're ready when he comes, right? That's, that's why I need to be ready. And you know what? I can do something about it. It's on me, right? We sang a song in Jamaica, nobody's fault but mine. And if William was here this morning, he, would, he knows that song. If I should be lost, nobody's fault but mine. It is mine. I, I need to hear the gospel. I need to obey the gospel. I need to respond to the gospel. Did you know that there are more than 300 references in the New Testament to the fact that Christ shall come again? Some have observed that about one in 25 verses in the New Testament deals either directly or indirectly with this subject. Some people are fanatics on the subject of the coming of Jesus is coming soon. Many preach sensational sermons on this subject. Some say we're living in the last days, but we've been living in the last days for a long time. Okay. Uh, some assert that their, uh, Christ will come and reign on the earth for a thousand years. And some even take the liberty as they look at uh, Matthew 23, uh, 24, rather, uh, and uh, to pervert God's word, to make an attempt that the signs which are pointing to the destruction of Jerusalem are pointing to the end of the world. We need to know the truth and on this subject. The purpose of this lesson is to present God's truth on this important subject. The New Testament testifies that Christ will come again, read by Brother Tim. The Lord promised, if I go, I will come again. In the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1, the students know if we say Acts chapter 1, they'll say the ascension of Christ. But uh, that is in 1.9. But just two verses later, Jesus promises, makes the promise of his second coming. In verse 11, the, uh, his promise, the Lord shall come again, even though the world may scoff, deny, refuse, de uh, uh, and not believe that. I want you, if you will, a rather wrong reading this morning, turn with me to the book of 2 Peter chapter 3, and we're going to be noticing verses 3 through 12 of this text, okay? Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they will, are willing, are ignorant of the word of God, the heavens of, 
the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world then was being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack, slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The world was destroyed in Noah's day. As we just read in 2 Peter 3 and verse 6. And we also just read in 7 through 12 of the text we just read from 2 Peter 3 that the world will be burned up by fire when the Lord comes. Isn't that what the Bible says? It's not what I say, it's what the Bible says. And the Lord shall come without a sin offering when he comes again. The time of the Lord's return is called the day of the Lord. We could read about that in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 3. The last day, John 12, 48. An appointed day, Acts 17, 30 and 31. What will happen when the Lord comes again? There will be a resurrection of the dead, the Bible tells us, in John 5, 28 and 29. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil into the resurrection of damnation. Good people shall be raised from the dead. Turn with me to the resurrection chapter. If I said to Demetri and Kate, resurrection chapter, chapter on the resurrection, they'd say 1 Corinthians 15. So let us turn to that chapter and we'll be noticing some verses from there. 1 Corinthians 15, and first of all, we'll look at 20 through 23. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, and by man came also resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ 
shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. And also notice with me and later in the chapter 51 through 54, 51 through 54, people shall be changed, 51 through 54. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall it be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Some will be living on the earth when Jesus comes. We could read uh, 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 2 would point to that. Also, Paul affirmed some would be alive when the Lord comes in 1 Thessalonians 4 in the verses 17, where it's recorded, Then we which are alive remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. The destruction of the earth uh, is going to happen. We read about that in 2 Peter chapter 3. Seeing that this is all going to take place, it, it would be foolish for us to be uh, place our attention on the material things of this world, wouldn't it? 2 Peter 3.11, as we recount again, says, Seeing then all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons are ye to be in all conversation and godliness? This behooves me in my conduct that I should be faithful and I should be putting first, Matthew 6.33, which we noticed, and Ecclesiastes uh, uh, chapter 12, uh, 13 and 14, which Calvin pointed out. To, we put the Lord first and not material things. That's all second at best, right? Okay, how foolish to uh, refuse to hear and obey. We got a parable in Matthew chapter seven and we say Matthew chapter seven, the students say Sermon on the Mount. That's what they know and that's what it is. So let's turn there, Matthew chapter seven, very familiar passage, but let's just take a look at it. Still see if it reads the same. Uh, Matthew 7, and we'll be focused on uh, uh, 24 through 27, which is the parable of the builder, right? That's what it is. And we need, I, need, I thought I had it marked, and I don't. Okay, Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings in mine, and doeth them, I will liken to a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded on a rock. 
And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house on the sand. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So we need to be about hearing and doing. If we're not, we're gonna have to face Hebrews 9 in the verses 27, and it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the what? The judgment. I'm gonna be judged. The words what the Lord spoke shall judge us in the last day. I better be knowing them. The world will be judged. God commanded every ignorance. He winked at, didn't he? But now commanded every man to what? Repent. You can read about that in Acts, in Paul's sermon at Mars Hill, Acts chapter 17, 30 and 31. Christ will be the judge, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Yep, that's 2 Corinthians 5 and the verses 10. And the basis will not be on what others think or how others live. We're going to be judged on our own merits. All right, Romans 14, 11 and 12 says, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So they, that every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Every day I'm doing something, and hopefully it's to the glory of God. From our lesson this morning, John chapter 15 and verse 8, because it's our responsibility. God put us in here to glorify him, to be obedient. And he wants to reward us, doesn't he? And we're all striving to go to heaven. That's what we're, day by day we want to go to heaven and so we need to be faithful. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. It will not be on dog, uh, dogmatic doctrines. It's the doctrine of Christ which we will be judged by. If you continue in my word, then ye are my, my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It won't be what theologians said. It'll be the word of God. Peter said at the end of that long chapter in John 6, 68, then Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. There's nowhere else we can turn. There's nowhere to turn but unto the Lord. Where should I go but unto the Lord we sing? Jeremiah 10, 23 says, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. What happens if we lean on ourselves? We're in trouble. We need to lean on the everlasting arms. That's one of my favorite songs, Psalm 121. Leaning on Jesus, that's safe and secure from all alarms. 
That's what we need to be doing. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We need to depend on the Lord. It's not going to be, we're not going to be judged by the law of Moses either. John 1, 17, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The basis of judgment, as we talked about earlier, will be God's word. John 12, 48 says, he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. The deeds of men, we've noticed that's what we're going to be judged on. We can never earn our way to heaven, but we can be faithful unto death. Men will be assigned either eternal and eternal destiny, won't they? If I said Matthew 25, they would say the judgment scene. The students would, because they know the judgment scene is found there in 31 through 46. And uh, in 34, Matthew 25, the Bible says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Those are the ones on his right, the sheep. But the goats are going to hear on his left, they will hear. Then shall he say unto them also on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed unto everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And his angels. Okay. Then it sums up kind of everything in that last verse where it says, And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Yes, our actions, we need to be prepared because it is going to have a consequence. To the apply the signs of Matthew 24, which Jesus pointed toward the destruction of the temple uh, to the second coming would be a perversion, God's truth. It is important to know his word. The most important thing concerning the Lord's second coming will be to be ready. Let us notice some verses now from 1 Peter in being obedient and being ready. 1 Peter chapter 1 and the verses 22 and 23. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth of the Spirit unto the unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. We should be a holy people. Okay, should be a holy people. First Peter chapter one, verse 15 and 16 says, but as, he, but as he which hath called us, you in holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. That means our conduct of living. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. We should be adding to the Christian graces. Turn with me now to 1 
Second Peter, excuse me. Second Peter again. Second Peter and those Christian graces which are found in verses 5 through 11. These, this is what we should be doing. This is how we ought to be living our life. Second Peter chapter 1, 5 through 11. Besides this, giving <clears throat> all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, and to patience godly kindness, and to godly kindness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall ne never neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, for he hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sin. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, ye shall never fall. Would he ask you to do something you can't do? And these Christian graces, we add them to our life. And if we're faithful, we're going to go to heaven. We're abiding in God's word, John chapter 15, okay? But he that has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins, he's in trouble. He's not headed to the right place, is he? Okay, we should be on guard again that the world, if we are uh, going back into the world. And you can read about that in 2 Peter chapter 2, uh, 20 and 22. I'm not going to read that right now. We should grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory now and forever. Amen. We should be watching. Okay. Also in Matthew chapter 25, there is in verses 1 through 13, there's a parable of the ten virgins. You remember that, don't you? Five were wise and five were unwise and it came time. And those that uh, had their oil, they went forth to the Wedding feast, what happened about those the lamps went out? They didn't go, did they? And they wanted them that had to give, and uh, uh, well, five were prepared and five were not prepared. Matthew 25, 13 says, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. We need to be ready. And that's in that 11th verse of uh, 2 Peter 1, verse 11 says, Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. So that, that falls on me. I can't, I can't spend it off to my neighbor. I'm not going to be judged by my neighbor's uh, works, you know. Every, uh, there was a famous preacher called W.L. Toddy. I don't know if any of you ever heard of him. But he used to say that every tub's got to sit on its own bottom. And we do. But it is our responsibility, as we noticed in our class period, to sow the seed. Okay? But it's up to the hearers. You know?
And we talked about the soil this morning, that the soil can change, you know? And so when we hear the word, we respond to it. We want to go to heaven where the Lord comes in the next five minutes. Or if it's uh, way down the line, I need to be ready. I need to be ready. And uh, so that's my responsibility is to be ready when he comes. I can't control when he comes, but I control this. I can obey the gospel, and the Lord will add me to his church. What happens if the Lord would come right now? What would be your condition? Are you, you know, are you ready? What happens if the Lord would have come yesterday? One of these days, we're going to look up, and the Lord will have come yesterday. So it behooves us to obey the gospel, call, to be ready, and to be on God's right side and be pleasing unto God. How do I obey the gospel? First, I've got to hear, I've got to believe, I've got to repent, I've got to confess, and then I'm baptized for the remission of my sins and what happens in the Lord adds me to his church. And then... I live faithful unto death, Revelation 2.10. That's what I, I can do to be faithful. Are you here and left your first love? You can come home today and, and uh, I'll, as Charles says, I'll meet you halfway down the aisle and, and uh, the, all the saints and will rejoice plus, right? So if you have a need to answer the gospel call, now's the time. Don't put it off. Second uh, Corinthians tells us today is the day of salvation. So if you have a need, will you come? It's together as Brother Joe leads us.